My entitled wife confesses to cheating on me at a New Year's party. And after being confronted with this information, she turns it around and tries to accuse me of cheating as well. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. Also, the following story came from the Am I the Jerk subreddit. Check the links in the description if you would like to submit your own story. So this all happened during the first year of the new year. My wife and I, who are newly married by the way, are part of a tight-knit friend group as we all met each other in the same university. And once a year, we come together regardless of how busy we are, and we enjoy two days together. These two days are December 31st and January 1st of each year. This time, the New Year's celebration was held at our house, and everything was going fine until my wife's best friend said something that she shouldn't have. It was an accidental slip of the tongue, but everyone who was in the room heard it. My wife's best friend tried to play it off as her being drunk, but I noticed just how much of a reaction it got out of my wife. And when I pointed it out, everybody started questioning her. And after half an hour of questioning, she finally fessed up about how she was having an affair. When she confessed about it though, I didn't react how everybody thought I would react. Everybody thought I would cry or maybe get angry, but when she confessed and everybody quieted down to see my reaction, all I did was take another snack off of the table in front of me and munch on it while saying, carry on or something along those lines. The thing is, I have always had a very nihilistic approach towards life and this has been going on for as long as I can remember. Eventually, around the time I was 12 years old, I realized that people bully people who stand out and in order to not be the oddball in my school, I started pretending to care about everything. It was hard at first. I didn't know what to do, where to start, but eventually I just started reading books on psychology, vocal pathology, behavior, verbal and physical cues, how to have the perfect tone for the perfect emotion and much more. Suffice to say, by the time I was 20, I was incredibly good at expressing and understanding others' feelings to the point that I dare say I am better at articulating myself than most other people. But all these years, deep down, I truly didn't care about any of this. And all of those emotions were just synthetic. Now, of course, I kept it a secret from everybody and nobody has managed to uncover this my whole life. So I believe I've done a good job at it. Unfortunately, though, that included my friends and my wife. They had no idea that I just don't know how I should feel when stuck in certain situations. So when I found out that my wife was cheating on me, I simply didn't know how to react to that. But this seemed to offend my ex-wife a lot as she said, what? And she said this with great confusion and then proceeded to get angry at me. She eventually started saying things like, okay, I cheated, that's true. But are you sure that you are not also cheating on me? Now, from a young age, my father has only taught me two things and he has always repeated that to me and my siblings. And those two things are as follows. For starters, every action has consequences. And secondly, before taking an action, whether you take it or not, is your choice and decision. But after taking that action, it is no longer a choice, and instead, it's your responsibility. These were and always will be my motto and ideals. Following my ideals, I have never even entertained the idea of cheating on her, and I've never felt like I could ever do that ever since the moment I kissed her. I have always, always done my duty and responsibility as a husband, as well as her lover with all due diligence. But I didn't want to say that because at the moment, inside, this was the first time in a long, long time I didn't have to pretend to be a responsible adult of society anymore, so I was honestly enjoying my long-lost inner peace. But I knew I also couldn't ignore the chaos that was ensuing outside, so I asked my wife, are you done? And this is actually a mental trick that subconsciously makes you feel defeated in an argument when you answer it by saying, I am done. Now, although she didn't say that she was done and continued for a while, I asked the same question I had asked earlier, and this time she said that she was done. When she did, I asked what made her think that 
that I ever cheated on her, to which she said my exact behavior right now, to which I said, well, fair enough. Now, at this point, when I looked at the people near me, I noticed their questioning looks that were pointed in my direction, and I understood that this year's party was completely ruined. My wife, who became more assertive when I agreed to her previous allegation, started weeping as she crouched down and started to scream, do you still love me? Was I really wrong when I slept with David when you were acting like this? And this caused her best friend to console her. I also stood up when she crouched down, and then I walked in front of her, crouched down, placed one hand on her shoulder, and said to her, save your tears, because the divorce papers aren't ready yet. And then I walked away saying, happy new year, everyone. Now, if you will excuse me, I'm leaving. Now, nobody stopped me, as they were really not sure what to do, as well as whose side to take. I mean, after all, my wife and I were both friends of all of them. When walking away, I heard my wife's best friend swearing profanities at me, saying things like, you heartless jerk, and stuff like that. She wasn't exactly wrong, though, as the very next thing I did after walking away from the great room was entering my home office and opening my PC. Now, I am a fairly rich person, and I have a decently huge house. As such, to keep everything in check, I have cameras and microphones set up everywhere, some in plain sight and others that are concealed, and only I can access the footage, as even my wife doesn't know the password of my home office's PC. So I quickly secured the footage, and I gave it a quick edit. I didn't alter anything, I just shortened it down by trimming all the party footage, and then I sent it to her parents. After that, I called her, because I called her in the middle of the new year, and she also had guests over. She couldn't hear me the first time, but when she did hear me at first, she thought it was a joke, so I had to tell her to check out the video I sent. After she watched the video, I heard her scream and wail live on the phone. I also heard people on the other side asking things with concern. Realizing that that was my cue, I swiftly ended the call. Then I called my lawyer and told him everything. My lawyer is pretty good, and our divorce went pretty smoothly. I didn't even have to pay her anything after the divorce, as she had her own work-from-home kind of job. And just like that, a few months passed, and I realized that all my friends from the previously mentioned friend group were giving me the cold shoulder. I usually would have talked to them and tried to clarify my actions, but when my wife and friends left me, I found myself with a lot of free time. So much free time, in fact, that I started to question if I ever wanted to get married ever again. Something about not having all the time to myself felt really good, though I still take responsibility for my parents. They don't live with me, so living in my house alone felt really comfortable. Now, a couple of weeks ago, my friends from the friends group started contacting me again, but I just ignored them and kept giving them the cold shoulder. Now, things had changed when they invited me for a party again, and naturally, I didn't want to go, but one of my friends personally came to pick me up, so I mean, how could I refuse that, right? Well, we went to the party, and all of my friends were there, along with some of my acquaintances. I was the last guest to arrive, until about half an hour later when my ex-wife showed up. During the whole procedure of divorce, I never contacted her, and she tried to contact me, but couldn't. She tried to enter my house, but that's actually impossible without my permission, because I have gates with security on them. So this was the first time we have even seen each other in almost eight months. She looked visibly depressed. She was wearing heavy makeup to hide her dark circles. Her posture was bad. Overall, she didn't have the radiance and glow that she used to have. But this time, everybody who was present that day seemed to be giving her the cold shoulder. And at one point, she tried to approach me, but I just walked away when she did. She approached me once again, and this time, I just felt like I should hear her out. Not because I had some lingering feelings for her, but because it just felt rude to leave someone twice at a party. I mean, I surely would not like that kind of humiliation if that was me. She talked to me about how she just didn't understand my worth when I was close to her, and now that I was away from 
from her. She truly misses me. And how she doesn't believe that we were meant to just separate like this. At some point, her eyes became teary and misty as she did her best to pursue me. Eventually, her best friend joined in as well. Though she didn't participate in our conversation, she just deterred any curious passerby looking for gossip. My conversation with my ex-wife ended with my last message, which was the following. It may be true that you still love me. It may also be true that we are truly meant for each other. And I also think that you're telling me the truth when you say that David was just a mistake that you made. But at the end of the day, you did it. You were not under the influence. You weren't even high. You're not someone who can't think for herself. You did it willingly and you enjoyed it. And now you get to suffer for it. After I was done, she left the party in tears and some of our mutual friends followed her. Surprisingly, her best friend stayed and talked to me. She said how they, referring to the friends who were present that day, actually thought that even I was cheating on her. They even went as far as to hire multiple private investigators to run background and daily checks on me. And even after months of snooping around, they literally couldn't find anything. And then she said with genuine sadness that I deserved better, all before she left the party, probably to console her best friend. After they left, the atmosphere around me got slightly weird, but I put my social skills to good use and greatly decreased the tension. After the party ended, I also returned home. I thought I would feel something, anything when I saw my wife and friends for the first time in months, but there was literally nothing. Love, hate, grief, anger, nothing was there. Like always, it felt futile. I know some of you are going to ask this, so I want to say this in advance. I don't feel an inkling of attachment towards my family either. My parents who have raised me, my siblings with whom I molded our future together, my friends with whom I have shared my darkest secrets, and finally my wife and lover who has seen every inch of my body. I feel nothing towards any of them. Don't get me wrong, I have done my job as a son, sibling, friend, and lover very well. I have always taken my responsibilities with the utmost seriousness, and I have never neglected them just because of how I was feeling. I am proud to say that everybody who has ever met me has said that I am a very good son, sibling, friend, and husband. In fact, one of the things my ex-wife's friend said before leaving the party that day was that I was a good husband and I deserved better. If you can get your enemy's respect, that means something, right? But none of that mattered as I never really felt anything from anyone at all. And one night when I was thinking about this, a thought surfaced in my mind. Maybe it was my fault that my wife chose another man over me. You see, my wife's love language is acts of service, so I have always made sure to do little things for her. And on top of that, I would bring her a surprise gift once a month. We will go out to see a movie once in a while. She likes to watch Fluffy, also known as Gabriel Iglesias. So whenever she got depressed, I would book a couple of tickets for his show if the show was close to us. And then if not, we would just go on a long drive if it's not too far away. I would even book a jet for her. I cook for her. I always tried new things in our intimate life to make sure she never got bored. And once a week, we will go to a restaurant for lunch because even she deserves a break from cooking lunches every day nonstop. I would pretend to fight and pretend to be seriously angry just so she would get the thrill of fighting me once in a while. And it was all playful. It was nothing malicious. But even after all of that, somewhere in my heart, I truly think it was my fault because I am sick in the head because I did something wrong that she left me. And that is eating me away from the inside. So I honestly want your opinion. The very people who now know a secret that nobody who knows me in real life has been able to find out yet. Tell me, am I the person who is at fault? Am I the jerk here? What should I do?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. I don't think you're the jerk here, all things considered. It's really a good thing that you recognize that having emotions and feeling things is not something that comes intuitively. I mean, it seems like you're very self-aware of that fact, and you have worked very hard to adjust to society. And that's really good, in my opinion. You're fulfilling your responsibilities and helping those around you and loving those around you, even if you yourself don't feel it on the inside. And honestly, I'm just going to say it, I don't think that makes you crazy at all. You're putting in the effort, you're trying to find some functionality in society, and that, in my opinion, goes a long way. But let's look at the facts here real quick. You did not cheat on your wife. She cheated on you. In my opinion, this automatically makes her the jerk. And I really think you got it right the first time. She knew what she was doing. She was well aware of her actions and all the things going on in her life. She knew that going to David would be an awful decision. And yet, with all things considered, she still did it. She chose to do that to you, not the other way around. Like, seriously, you can't make someone else cheat on you. She chose to do that. If she was unhappy in her marriage and she didn't like you or something like that, then that honestly should have been brought up. Like, the solution to that is talking and having an honest conversation, not going to David and seeing what he has to say. Like, that's such a sudden leap and it's so disloyal, despite the fact that you've done everything you can to make her comfortable. And from the sounds of it, you really did do a good job. And that, in my opinion, is very responsible. You did the right thing pretty much throughout the relationship. So, no, in my opinion, I don't think you're the jerk. I think you handled this really well. I know if I was in your shoes, I definitely would be very upset if my significant other cheated on me. I would definitely be the guy who gets angry or cries or gets upset or something like that. But regardless, I don't think you're the jerk in this situation, and I think your wife is 100% at fault. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com slash submit if you would like to submit your own stories. My entitled general manager says that if I don't like my job, I can either find somebody to replace me or I can quit. So I decide to maliciously comply and I decide that now's a time to get back at my general manager and find a new job without any kind of notice. Here's what happened. As a young adult, I decided to move several hundreds of miles away on a whim without a new job lined up. Fortunately, the relatives I was living with knew a ton of people in the small town and were able to get me a job within a week at the local grocery store. It was to be a courtesy clerk bagging groceries and stocking 
shelves. Immediately, I made friends with co-workers, and some of the customers weren't too bad either. However, management was a different deal, such as the HR manager, who would waste a customer's time telling them recipes for the items they have, and as a result, just holding up the line. She would also call me from the back of the store to bag two items and help a man barely older than me to his car despite him protesting. There was also John, the general manager. John is not his real name. John would be nice in groups, but if he got you alone, his true colors would show. He once berated me for having a 5 o'clock shadow, even though I shaved right before work. Like, my hair is dark and it grows quickly. Sorry, dude, I can't help nature. After a few months, the night janitor quit. So John decided it would now be my job to polish the floors every morning. My previous job was at a movie theater, so working from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. was pretty normal, whereas mornings were definitely not my jam. This would require me to be at work by 4 in the morning, but I was told this would be for 1 to 2 months tops. I was even thrown a 5 cent raise for my troubles. I mean, how could I decline? After about a month, I asked John how the search for a replacement is going. He says probably 2 weeks and everything will be settled. Well, after month 2, I ask again. John says the first person fell through and suggests that maybe I know someone who might be looking for a job, but I assure him that is not the case. After the third month, I was completely over it. Again, I approach John and explain that I cannot keep doing this much longer. He replies, not my problem, find someone else or a new job. This really set me off, but I wasn't in a position to walk out right then, so I figured I'd start applying anywhere I could. A couple of days later, probably even the same day, my relative drags me with them to go looking for new cars. While discussing prices and waiting for the sales manager to respond, my relative and the salesperson were just BSing with one another, and I mentioned what John had told me about the job. The salesperson raised an eyebrow and walked away. Moments later, the sales manager approached me and said they were looking for a dealer and asked if I was interested. And this would be a regular schedule. I wouldn't have to work evenings, and it would be higher than even my previous theater job as a manager. While my relative was signing paperwork, I was filling out a new hire packet. I was to begin work on Tuesday of the next week. When I got home, I packed a bag and began driving to my hometown to visit friends. I knew I wouldn't have to work for about a week because at midnight, I called the grocery store and told them that I would not be returning to work. I said to them, if you have any questions, please ask John. A year or so after my departure, John was mysteriously no longer working at the store. Nobody knew why as he had another five years before retirement. But one day I had to go to the bank to deposit a check and John was the teller. And let me tell you, it was so fun to watch him deposit my paycheck from my new employer. Wow, that really came full circle, didn't it? John seriously was not only a complete moron, but he was also awful at his job. Like seriously, all he had to do was find somebody to wipe the floors and clean up the place. That shouldn't be that hard of a job and it should be an easy search for the most part. Like it seemed like he didn't want to search for anybody because the original poster was already doing a good job or at least doing the job in the first place. And that is just so straight up lazy. So good for you for giving it right back to him as well as getting to watch him deposit your check. Because if John was just a little bit kinder and treated you with just a bit more respect, he would probably still have his job. My boss screamed at me after I called out of work at the restaurant I work at, claiming that I just didn't want to be there and that I should have done better. And now I'm kind of at a crossroads and I seriously don't know what to do. So I just want to start off by saying that I really love my job. I like my co-workers, it's good money, and I honestly have fun when I'm there. And I work in addition to going to college. I've been working at my restaurant for almost two years since before it opened. I've never called out and yesterday I was working and I didn't feel the best. 
fast. So I asked my manager on duty if I could cut for today, and he said to ask the closer to the shift. I woke up this morning so sick. I just decided to call out because there was no way I was going in like this regardless of what they say. So I text the main manager and the owner. He gives me a hostile response saying that I just wanted to call out because I didn't want to be there and that I should be texting him and should be using the work app instead, even though I always text him like this. That really infuriated me because I've never called out and he never gets mad at other people for calling out. Like he literally cuts people just because they want to do fun things and not work. When I told one of the other managers I wasn't coming in, she asked if I was okay and told me to feel better. I've always either gotten my shift covered or just worked it in the past when I had something come up and it really hurt me the way that he spoke to me. I told one of my former co-workers who I was friends with before working there and she agreed that he was being hostile for literally no reason. So am I at fault here? Did I do something wrong that maybe I don't know about? What should I do? Okay, your boss is a complete jerk. There's no reason for him to act that way. He literally got hostile for no reason at all. Like, let's look at this for a second. Here you are working at a restaurant and you've been a loyal member of the staff ever since day one. I mean, you've been working there for almost two years. It's not like you haven't paid your dues. You're not like brand new or anything like that. You've been around and you have some experience and you would think that, hey, maybe some of this experience comes with, I don't know, a little bit of respect for your manager to be like, wow, you just don't want to be here. That, in my opinion, is proof that they absolutely should not be the manager. I mean, it does sound like they're the owner of the restaurant, but the point still stands. Why on earth would you want your employee coming to work sick? Like, seriously, can anyone make sense of that? If I was the manager of a restaurant and I had an employee be like, hey, I don't feel good and I feel sick, I would be like, oh yeah, don't come in. Please don't come in. We do not want you here if you're sick. Because literally, that is such a liability. You could get everybody in the kitchen sick. You could get customers sick. You could even infect the food and that could be sent out to who knows where? Like, why on earth would anyone want you there? If you're sick, just stay home. And it's not like this is a chronic thing. You've never even called out before. This is the first time. So, I mean, clearly it's got to be bad for you to be like, hey, I don't feel good. I think I should go home. So, no, all in all, you are not the jerk. The owner in this story is completely out of line and they have no business treating you that way in the slightest. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, check out the playlist at the top of the description. And if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, check out Am I the Genius. Everything will be linked in the description.